MSW Media. News with swearing. Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, September 3rd, 2019. Today, Comey's IG report, Pence does Putin's bidding, Epstein's co-conspirators, Trump rescinds citizenship for children of service members born abroad, and an update on Rick Gates and Mike Flynn, and of course, Trump is stupid. I'm your host, AG, and with me today are Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. So we just got off the plane back from San Francisco. That was so much fun. Yes, it was. Uh, It is much hotter here, and that is no fun, but San Francisco was fantastic. Everybody Mm -hmm. was great. Amazing show, amazing crowd, and the guests. The whole thing was awesome. Yeah, yeah. We had over 400 people in a theater for uh, Fire Marshal for exactly 400. Um, so, <laughs> and yeah, Adam Savage was great. What a uh, what a gem of a man, seriously. And uh, Steph Miller, shout out to to you because yeah. that was great. And um, we had somebody from iHeartRadio there, uh, Real Talk 910, I think was the name of his um, show. Just so much awesomeness. You had a, a photographer came that, that. Oh yeah, Henrik. Yeah, Henrik. Yeah, he took great pictures of us in front of an American flag, or yeah. actually a printout of an American flag. That's way more capitalistic. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, that uh, Adam pointed out was already waving. Mm-hmm. It, it was a photo of an already waving American yeah, flag. Yeah, so yeah. So you didn't have to logistically do that yourself. <laughs> no, we didn't. It, but we did have a little breeze, so it was a waving, waving flag. Mm-hmm. Double waves. All right, we do have a lot of news to cover from over the weekend, so let's get to it with Hot Notes. Hot Notes. Okay, Zoe Tillman's at it again, my favorite uh, BuzzFeed news reporter. She's, she does all, covers all the courts, and it uh, looks like things are getting rocky in the Michael Flynn case. Uh, as predicted, when uh, he fired his legal team and hired Mueller conspiracy theorist and crackpot Sidney Powell, we, we, we saw this coming. Um, his new legal team just uh, today filed a motion, uh, actually it was over the weekend, accusing prosecutors of withholding exculpatory evidence under the Brady Rule, including multiple FBI records and the struck page texts. Uh, it appears by the filing that Flynn's team has not seen this exculpatory information, or, nor, nor do they have evidence that it even exists. They just think there could be some in there, and so they want to see it, because uh, they accuse the government of having a history of blocking exculpatory evidence. Um, so according to Zoe Tillman from BuzzFeed News, Flynn argues in a footnote, uh, Flynn's legal team argues in a footnote, they should be able to see the information requested because Flynn may also have defenses that his prior lawyers didn't explore. And that is a sign, a significant sign that he may be considering withdrawing his guilty plea. Specifically, Flynn's new lawyers are mentioning a case that involved Judge Sullivan before with and, and there were Brady issues in that case. So the Brady issues are, like I said, these are ones where exculpatory evidence is left out. So they seem to be leaning on his distaste for sloppy defenses. However, prosecutors in the Mueller probe have a history of filing exculpatory evidence motions, as they did in Manafort's case. Remember when new evidence came out about Rick Gates giving the polling data? to Konstantin Kalimnik on Manafort's behalf. And Mueller was like, hey, this could be exculpatory, uh, Judge, in this uh, Manafort case. Um, he Look, and, you know, they gave it to Judge Jackson. And they're like, yeah, see, it's, you know, look, I mean, you know, clearly. No, it wasn't It wasn't Judge Jackson. It was Judge Ellis. Crazy Judge Ellis. Yeah, yeah. I forgot and what exculpatory means. It means it's it's in favor of 
like Flynn. Like it would be something that could show Flynn's innocence. Okay, cool. Um, and in the Manafort case, it was that wasn't that Manafort had given. Uh, he initially gave polling data to Kalimnik, but all the follow-up uh, polling data and and briefings came from Rick Gates on behalf of Manafort. So Mueller raised his hand and said, "This could be exculpatory." Mm-hmm. The judge said, "Yeah, no, it's not." Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, but he has, you know, they're known Mueller's prosecutors for handing over everything that could right. be, you know, under the Brady Rule, exculpatory to fair and square who he's prosecuting. Um, so I don't see that that's going to be a thing. Uh, and this also was probably why Sidney Powell wants, uh, you know, like a. Uh, clearance so she can hear the Kislyak phone call. She wants to unravel the, the guilty plea. She wants him to, to switch from, to withdraw his guilty plea and say that he's not guilty. And the question is, will she be able to do it? Uh, I mean, they can do it if they want to. I think it's really stupid. <laughs> uh, but Barr is in charge now. And so they might find uh, like an opening there like if prosecutors want to come back and say all right well then we're going to charge you with not filing uh, as a you know foreign agent for turkey we're going to charge you with all these other things that we said we would not charge you with because you were cooperating with the government and Barr might refuse to prosecute Mm -hmm. damn that might be their play yeah i wonder how much of a coincidence it is that it looks like it's building the probability that he's going to withdraw his plea as the ig report has come out now about comey because yeah. it's re-stirring up all of these conspiracy theories about how they were criminals. Yeah, and uh, Berman, the Connecticut, I think, attorney general that uh, Barr assigned to investigate the investigation, that's due out in September. Mm. And so I think they're waiting for these things to come out so they can discredit the entire Mueller investigation, even though it's stood up in court several times right. under motion to dismiss. By cherry-picking whatever these reports say. Yeah, precisely. And then having Barr make the ultimate decision not to bring charges. So, you know, when we keep putting Flynn on my fantasy indictment draft for the for the Mueller She Wrote podcast, it, it, that would have to be approved by Barr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we can expect a flood of trolls in the not- upcoming weeks, right? With Ab- that report, absolutely. Yeah, brace yourselves, people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my, uh, my it's going to un- get worse before it gets better, as McCabe said. Yeah, mm-hmm. my uncle Billy has a has a Billy. question uh, that I do not have with me because I switched phones over the weekend, which was really <laughs> stupid. But tomorrow, I would like to ask that. So stay tuned. Is okay. it a question about the report? It's uh, a question. It's kind of like a devil's advocate question in response to the findings of the Comey investigation, which I know we're going to get to so i'll hold my tongue the yeah. donald's advocate i like that yeah, we'll yeah. Get donald's advocate. but <laughs> <laughs> it works so well oh god watch that's gonna be like a publication somewhere. oh it has to be yeah oh yeah. god let me play donald's that's advocate funny. for a second here and, <laughs> and just everything you say you say like this and it's tremendous oh, and incredible and the likes of which you've never seen it's a hard game to play i've been sure. <laughs> i've been hearing a lot i've read on the internet that's how you play donald's advocate yeah uh, and uh, speaking of more uh, Donald's advocates, Rick Gates is still cooperating, according to a filing from prosecutors Monday, asking the judge to prepare a pre-sentencing report for when Gates is done testifying in the Roger Stone trial, which is scheduled to begin November 5th. One of the big things we're, you know, what, old now for. I feel like this is the season finale, right? <laughs> is the, the Stone trial to see what happens there, because I'm really I'm just afraid that any additional charges that could come out on Flynn or any additional charges in any of those um, uh, cases in, in Appendix D of the Mueller report that were handed off to the Department of Justice have to go through bar now, and I just mm-hmm. don't trust anything at the Department of Justice. It's a very mm-hmm. good point, and a lot of people thought the Mueller report coming out was the season finale, but I think you're right about it being Stone. That was more like that pause they do in between the season that's like really confusing, you know, it's a cliffhanger. Like, exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Stone's <laughs> trial right before our Boston show too. That's going to be intense. Yeah, and you're right too. That's like you're going to end it there. Yeah, no, no. they're like, we'll be back in the fall. It's like, come on, dicks. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And, but, and this is another reason to vote and get your friends to vote is because if we can get him out of office, we can put somebody back in charge of the Department of Justice who can relook at these, um, uh, you know, prosecutions that, that may have been ignored totally. or overlooked or brushed under the rug. Uh, I, I'm just hoping that there's still a paper trail and the evidence still exists. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, Rick Gates will you know, we'll keep you posted. <laughs> and Mike Pence is obviously a douchebag but there there and before i get into this story there was this great tweet mike pence put out about how we need to spend more time on our knees oh and then somebody retweeted him and said who's gonna tell him mm-hmm. <laughs> and then monica Lewinsky replied definitely not me oh that's good yeah yeah come back queen <laughs> with the eyes yeah she yeah she's been that. so cyber bullied she knows how to come back correct i know but uh Her yeah and stormy daniels i think are the favorites absolutely yeah it hardens them but uh, Mike Pence, he also tweeted once that we don't need Obamacare, we need Jesus care. And that just made me think that you'll what die from not having insurance and then meet Jesus and get Jesus care. So it seems like that's logical, right? Might have been what he was going for. Round yeah. about yeah. Jesus care. Death wish, isn't it? You're going to die and meet your God. Is that, is that what <laughs> yeah, Jesus yeah. care is? I guess so. It's cryptic. <laughs> yeah. Going back to his on your knees thing, that has two potentially uh, not intended meanings. There's blowjobs, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, of course, everyone's going to say gay blowjobs because it's Pence and he hates gay people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Uh, uh, Kaepernick stuff too. Oh, oh, like take a knee. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that'd be a weird stance for Pence, but I'd be for it. Right. <laughs> well, no, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah, like he he screwed himself over. Yeah, in he multiple should clear ways his messages the, up. They are confusing all around. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Here, here's his latest. Um, he said this weekend in a speech that while I think he was in Poland uh, celebrating something Warsaw Pact thing, and uh, he said this weekend that while American people uh, most definitely stand with Ukraine. They're not on their knees, I guess. Um, <laughs> Europe should do more uh, to help them because we've carried the load, America has. And he also said the U.S. has great concerns about corruption in Ukraine. So now he's starting to tear down um, the, you know, the the reputation of Ukraine in the world. Uh, and this all comes on the heels of, of Trump considering blocking $250 million in military aid by requiring it be reviewed but this is exactly what Putin wants. He wants the U.S. to cut off lethal aid to Ukraine uh, while, you know, uh, trying to discredit them on a world stage and then also bashing NATO allies. So don't take our word for it. Russian officials have praised Trump and Pence for these replies and the delay in military aid to Ukraine. So that's tough. Yeah, because Ukraine's that's a big part of their whole plan. And, and I mean, it just gets mixed in with all the bullshit they do, but that's a huge one. Yeah, like, and then you have yeah. Trump at the G7 uh, blaming Obama for the annexation of Crimea. I remember that. Uh, and not the Russians who annexed Crimea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and but then refusing to, you know, implement the sanctions that Obama put on Russia mm-hmm. for, for doing that, for invading uh, Crimea, exactly. annexing Crimea. Mm-hmm. You try but, to present facts. He's like Crimea River. <laughs> in fact, having Flynn call Kislyak and and say don't do anything mm-hmm. uh, about you know these these sanctions um, uh, that Obama put on you for annexing Crimea. Uh, and don't worry, we'll cut off aid to Ukraine. That's why I want to hear those phone calls. What are you going to do for us with Ukraine? And we, of course, we have the Dearborn, Mashburn. Manafort, you know, changing of the RNC language in Cleveland mm-hmm. to to take the word lethal out of, uh, you know, the aid that we would s- supply to ease the language on, on Ukraine and Russia. Yeah. 
on Russia's behalf. This it's, is totally their agenda. I wonder what even took them so long, right? <laughs> you think they would do this earlier in the term. But. Yeah, they might have thought they were going to do it like in a couple years, but they, they're they like, we don't have that much time. <laughs> Putin's pro That's why even like Kellyanne is like, our, our deadline is January 2020 to, to get all this stuff done or January 2021 to get everything done. And it's like, yeah, because you know you're going <laughs> to, we're going to wipe the floor with your asses. Everything must go. <laughs> yeah, liquidation sale. Um, <clears throat> so keep, keep an eye on this because this is really, really awful and ukraine needs our support uh and they usually before this they always had it from the republicans mm -hmm. but not anymore so yeah the gop ain't what it used to be that's for sure <laughs> no definitely not uh and this is cool a court just ruled that the victims of the charleston church mass shooting can sue now over background check failures that led to the shoot let, led the oh. shooter to buy a gun um, the federal appeals court ruled that the federal government is not immune from claims over what the FBI admitted were lapses in the national background check system. This was the shooting at uh, Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina, depicted in This Is America. Um, is that the Dylan Roof uh, situation? The nine people killed in the black church during prayer? Yeah, exactly. The Dylan Roof uh, shooting. Yeah, I heard that actually a guy uh, beat him up in jail, beat up Dylan, a black guy, and he raised so much money on his GoFundMe that he was able to bail himself out of jail for kicking Dylan Roof's ass. Oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that's why I wanted to make sure it was him. I was like, yeah, yeah, that guy got his ass kicked. I kicked Dylan Roof's ass, bail me out. Mm -hmm. Basically, <laughs> that's his GoFundMe. <laughs> that's a great fun. business model. It really but is. But I hope there's some way inmates can figure out a way to resist you know like use their skills for good yeah <laughs> find the white nationalists kick the shit out of them and get get out yeah, <laughs> yeah and because what happened was a lower court dismissed their claim the the victims and families um that were shot dismissed the claim the lower court did saying the government was immune from these claims but the fourth circuit court of appeals has ruled that that judge was wrong wow overturned it hmm. uh, i'm assuming they'll uh, you know ask to rehear or maybe petition scotus but this judge has said, no, you can, the government is not immune uh, from this. The FBI admitted that there were failures in the background check, national background check system, that allowed this to happen. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what goes. Wow. Which Trump is now shying away from. True. Background checks. Yeah, yeah. He's moonwalking away <laughs> is, from that one. What is it today? Yeah. Moonwalking He's away. dodging in like Neo in the Matrix. <laughs> Did you see the lady governor, from, I think from Alabama, has, was caught with blackface pictures? <gasps> no. Yeah. From, is this just from like from a thing they College all or like last summer? I don't know. I have to look it up. Like, <laughs> In the country club. <laughs> <laughs> I know that episode of Mad Men always oh my tore God. me up inside them all. Oh, Dude. God. Uh, and they're like, yeah, it was the 60s. And I'm like, still, bro. Right? It's, the show's out right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to get more information. I just sort of saw it sort of in the background. Like, whoa, you know, the, the lady, she was the one who signed the anti-abortion bill and all that stuff. And right. I was, I was like, what yeah, are that's you doing? Insane. And consistent. Ugh. Yep, yeah. consistent. Moon walked away from it. Uh, all right, we'll be right back after this quick word with more headlines and hashtags. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode of The Daily Beans is brought to you by Third Love, and I absolutely am obsessed with Third Love. I get all my bras from Third Love now. It's a women-run company. They're disrupting a male-dominated industry. It, it, the, the bra industry should never have been male-dominated in the first place, but it was. They use real women's bodies in their ads, which I appreciate, and they use real women's measurements to find the perfect fit for you. They've measured over 12 million women. Uh, and that, you know, that kind of metadata, you get the perfect fit. And they're philanthropic, too. So 
Um, I really appreciate what they do for the community. They're size inclusive. They don't charge more for larger sized bras. Uh, and they're the industry leader with 70 sizes, including half cup sizes. Most, I think like half of women fall between cups. I'm, I'm one of them. So this really was a lifesaver for me. And here's how it works. You just jump online, take their Fit Finder quiz. It takes less than a minute, and it helps you find your perfect size and shape. They take cup shape into account. Then they ship it to you, and you try it on at home. So there's no more weird, dark fitting rooms and pushy salespeople with tape measures. And then you have 60 days. You can wear it, try it on, wash it. Make sure it's the perfect fit. Make sure the it's not itchy, the, the, the straps don't dig. Make sure you're not spilling out of it. Uh, and I, I haven't yet. Every single one of these has been a, a perfect fit. And if it's not, you can return it or exchange it hassle-free and at no cost. And Third Love will donate it to a person in need. And that's the perfect fit promise. And I love this about them. So I replaced all my bras with Third Love. I'll never shop anywhere else for bras. They fit me perfectly. All the issues I had, like this, what I was just talking about, straps, digging, spillage, um, they've been solved thanks to the perfect fit promise. And I know that if something's not right, they have my back. These bras are quality, breathable, lightweight, tagless, literally the most comfortable bra I've ever owned. And Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. So go to thirdlove.com slash dailybeans now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash dailybeans for 15% off today. Hey, welcome back. So during the break, uh, um, uh, our producer here, Amanda, was showing us the story. So yeah, the guy raised $100,000. He beat up Dylan Roof in jail. That's outstanding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if he just beat him up for other reasons and they're like, nice, dude, that was Dylan Roof. He didn't even know what he did. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Stafford. Hell yeah. Nice. Happy Dwayne, Dwayne Stafford. Stafford Day. What day yes. is Dwayne Stafford Day? A month ago? <laughs> All right. Cool. So we'll remember that for next It'll year. It'll always Stafford be a month ago. Hero. Let's put it in our calendars so that we can um, <laughs> pour some out for our homie, beat up Dylan Roof. Talk about like mixed messages though. That's so, that's, this is like such a Violence long conversation. Violence is sometimes the answer. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like you may be in here for battery, but you're getting out on battery. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. Hey man, <laughs> it's a bunch of Nazis. You know. That's yeah. always going to be a soft spot for me. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Uh, <laughs> Also Monday, a soft spot. Uh, also Monday, after facing immense backlash online, uh, the Trump administration announced it would reconsider its rule that would force immigrants facing life-threatening health crises to return to their home countries. So back on August 7th, the Citizenship and Immigration Services announced without public notice that it was eliminating a deferred action program that shielded immigrants from deportation while they or their relatives were undergoing life-saving medical treatment. And the Trump administration is also facing criticism for a rule that would mean some children of U.S. troops born overseas will no, no longer get automatic American citizenship, a rule issued by the same department as the uh, elimination of the deferred action for those receiving life-saving health care. This is the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. This rule means that children born to U.S. service members and government employees who are not yet themselves citizens while abroad would not be granted automatic citizenship. And children who are not U.S. citizens and are adopted by U.S. service members while living abroad would also not be granted citizenship. So that's his latest um, rescinding of, of citizenshipness. But because of the immense backlash... Uh, and the outrage over it, he, they're going to reconsider that. Uh, not no. not the not the citizens born abroad to the U.S. service members, but the citizens who were going to be deported when they or their loved ones were getting life-saving health treatments. Okay. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So they're like, we're not that evil. 
But yeah, the, I wonder if there's a timeline that exists that has all the policies Trump's done to like all the really screw stuff. over immigrants. Yeah, I wonder like if there's something that exists out there where they've because there's been so many things that maybe individually it's like, oh, that's pretty shitty. But he's pretty much rolled back everything he can as far as I can see. Like I know we had that many policies for immigrants. Like, yeah. He tackles anything that benefits them, it seems. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he'll try to come up with these other explanations for it that are anything other than xenophobic. But it's so blatantly true that xenophobia is the one thing that's motivating him in all of his policy like 100 percent of the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. yeah I'm, sh- I'm sure Stephen miller just has a team of people looking for immigration policies they can overturn exactly yeah. right mm-hmm. like you said i didn't know that was a thing either i didn't mm-hmm. i didn't know that there were those protections even granted in the first place right mm-hmm. and tish james is now suing over the public charge rule where they say you know immigrants that uh, uh come here that could be a burden on the united states uh may be sent home uh, like the medical situations and things like that, or uh, no, like people who could be on Section Eight housing or Medicaid, oh, or that's right. um, yeah, yeah. that you know the public charge rule, the one where Pat's um, was it Cipollone, Cipollone, the yeah, or Cipollone, I think, or Cipollone is how we were saying it. Got a chip on his shoulder. Cip- yeah. was he the guy who tried to change the poem on the on the Statue of Liberty? Oh, um, I don't remember. It was honestly. a white guy. That's, I mean, I really remember. I his think face it was it not Stephen Miller himself. No, it was. Uh, let's see. It wasn't. I don't think it was Pat Cipollone. Let's see, let me see. Mm-hmm. Um, changing so many assholes. The Statue of Liberty poem. Uh, yeah, it's too many white assholes to keep to keep <laughs> track of. Did a Trump official? Cuccinelli. Cuccinelli. That's it. Wow. Not Cipollone. Cuccinelli. Cooch, cooch. Yeah. So the cooch. That's right. There we go. The cooch. Yeah, he wanted to say, you know, give me your tired, your poor, your need to breathe free, but not that poor. Mm, or, yeah. And, no, you know, not that we have to pay for it. Yeah, like if you're white and poor, poor, that make exceptions, you know, like there's some gray area there. Yeah, and then he said, no, the Statue of Liberty, everyone knows is for white people or Europeans. Basically, yeah, that's what he said. Europeans, I, I, I can't even call it code for white people. It's just white people. Mm-hmm. So it's, <laughs> it's not like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it's... It's not even a dog whistle at that point. It's like... Ugh. Yeah. The Statue of Liberty isn't even white. It's green. It's about capitalism, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I know the French or mermaids. Gave it to us. Seriously. Yeah, yeah, mermaids. It's about mm-hmm. mythical creatures. No, Bring it's... me your money is what the thing's right? made. Yeah, yeah. They're just taking credit for everything. That's pretty classic. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and then also, um, over the weekend, a big piece from the New York Times named uh, the co-conspirators, or at least some of them, in the Jeffrey Epstein case. Many of them were victims before they seemingly got to- got too old uh, and then began recruiting younger girls for Epstein. Um, Haley Robson is one of those. Uh, the ringleader, of course, was Jizz Lane. I know Ghislaine, but <laughs> Maxwell. That's the daughter of uh, Mogilevich-connected Robert Maxwell. Sarah Kellen reported to Ms. Maxwell, and, and one of her jobs was to schedule sex for Epstein, who apparently needed it three times a day. We've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. They really scheduled it? Yep. Wow. They scheduled it. Leslie Groff was an that assistant. That takes the magic out of it, it doesn't does. it? It does. Like sex, Saturday. You know? Scheduling like, it. Come on. Yeah. yeah where's the spontaneous? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Leslie Groff was another uh, assistant to Epstein for nearly 20 years and arranged travel and lodging for the girls. Uh, Adriana Ross was another assistant, uh, as was Nadia Marcinkova. Uh, she's a Nadia. former model. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a former model that arranged and participated in sexual acts with at least one other underage girl. Prosecutors could face um, difficult legal issues if they charge women who started out as victims. But I'm still wondering, what like what about all the other men that were involved? You that know? started off as 
that were Johns in this, you know, because Epstein wasn't the only one that was getting sex from these girls. Oh, right. Well, hopefully they're going after them, too. But on the case of the women, like, I, I do think that they should be charged as women or as adults, but maybe not as much as the mm-hmm. dude that you're talking about that were, like, always adults and getting it, you know, like, as an adult. So, yeah. I, yeah, I think that they definitely should receive consequences for participating as adults, but not not as much, right? Like, there's got to be some way. Yeah, well, I, wanna, I, I definitely want to get to that question because it's an interesting discussion. But, two, like, when I thought of the co-conspirators, when they first talked about it in the non-prosecution agreement that Epstein received. I thought they were talking about men who helped traffic and had sex with these, or raped, excuse me, raped these girls. Mm-hmm. And, and and now it's coming, it's coming, becoming clear that the co-conspirators are mostly women who started out as victims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that gets into what you were just talking about, Jaleesa. Is it fair to prosecute women who started out as victims themselves? And we were kind of discussing this beforehand. And y- yeah, because the I think the consensus was that you know, you can't excuse a crime if you were a victim of that crime when you were underage. Right. Especially when you just look at how crime works. It's a lot of being victims before you actually start enacting the crimes yourself, being brought into these worlds that you would not have chosen had you been older and probably in a better spot. But since you were not, you chose that. Yeah. Right. Like this guy at the Ohio State University that where Jim Jordan was an assistant coach that molested like 300 people. He would. What if he was molested as a child? Would then he be able to say, "Well, I was molested as a child, so you can't or find like, me guilty of of these crimes because it happened to me." So. Right. More specific to the crime, even like serial killers in that show Mindhunter. I don't know if you guys are watching, but there are a lot of serial killers that were brought on as children and became serial killers. You know, like Manson's people, his mm-hmm. family. Yeah, he didn't actually do any of the killing. He just recruited these high school and college kids. So you know, they're not as young as these these girls. But the idea is that yeah, this happens a lot, but they're still in jail for these mm-hmm. things for murder. So mm-hmm. why not rape? Right. Mm-hmm. I do think that our sentencing just fundamentally lacks adequate rehabilitation efforts, though. So sure. especially in the case like this, it's like sentence within the sentencing guidelines on the low end and have a heavy, heavy rehabilitation element to their sentencing. But absolutely, they don't have the resources to even do that, it seems, which is really sad. And I thought, too, that maybe that maybe some of these women who were co-conspirators that are guilty of, of you know, assisting in the sex trafficking, setting up and even participating in raping girls that they could sue the estate for being for having been a victim but yeah i agree with you guys i don't think that that gets you off the hook for make committing them separate the crime. yeah unless somehow your particular prosecutor wants to make a deal but i think generally speaking yeah they should be at least tried separately and then if you're an exception and they want to make a special deal with you sure right like well because suing the estate would be a civil case not a criminal right so, so in that case totally it's already separate, separate. Yeah, yeah so keep it separate and then yeah if a prosecutor wants to take it upon themselves to go easier on them i can understand that morally but generally they're adults. Yeah. It's it's pretty, yeah, black and white at that point. Uh, let me. us know what you think, too. Um, hit us up at Daily Beans Pod on Twitter. I'd yeah. be interested to see what you what, what people think of this because, mm-hmm. you know, you're 15, you're recruited into this, you, you're raped, and then you become, you get too old, and he, he doesn't want you anymore because you're too old, and then you, you, you're forced to recruit for him, uh, you know, because otherwise what the hell else are you going to do mm-hmm. and you're already steeped in this life. Mm-hmm. Now you're a criminal. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we we hear it and see it all over the place. But yeah, similarly with like I think gang violence, the culture, it starts really young and then you're you're so sucked in that you feel like, well, I don't have another option. I've already done these bad things. But yeah, if we like educated people to know that if they were victims as a child, they can, you know, speak out as an adult and have less of a consequence. Like, I don't know if there's a law for that already, but that would be a good way to prevent this in the future. But since it's already happened, I'm like, 
And it's got to probably be case by case since they've done the deed as an adult already. Well, better mm-hmm. mental health care in our country would totally. help. Totally. Yeah. That. It also really smacks the moral question of these age of consent sort of like in the face because it smacks you in the face with it Mm because it's like when they're 17 years old and they're you know actively recruiting actively engaging in this stuff they're a victim and then when they're 18 they instantly become a perpetrator that gets punished to the full extent of the law Mm -hmm. that's a very interesting thing to grapple with in your mind morally because it's one day and then tomorrow yeah and you know just you know by the nature of laws you have to draw a line and yeah. so there it is and right. it might seem arbitrary but that kind yes. of thing yeah and i misspoke i said age of consent i just more meant like adulthood or, or what would be considered you being oh okay sentient enough I to like making a make... comparison yeah 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 both are interesting also thoughts. Yeah, yeah right also with that stuff too though mm-hmm. especially with like statutory rape stuff not in this case right maybe in other cases right but you have to draw a line i mean it's yeah. not an easy thing to do but to make it gray it's just that's not the kind of thing you want to make gray yeah so yeah. let us know lock them up and throw the way throw away the key make it more rehabilitative or or put it on the lower end of the sentencing guidelines or they shouldn't be prosecuted let us know what you think um you know what we think and hit us up on twitter at daily beans pod uh i'm really i, I think this is a really interesting discussion to have because that the, these kind of discussions can lead to how we prevent these things from happening in the future and, totally. and that's why it's important to talk about them and it's important to use the right words too we don't have sex with underage women we mm-hmm. rape girls right because <laughs> underage women we is don't see moron right i get that like we said before there is a i guess scientific or some kind of like official term but generally speaking they're they're girls <laughs> yeah instead of underage women i, I agree with you on that yeah or but, minors right right yeah go that way the predator though has a specific name so that's what i was thinking Mm -hmm. about yeah but the women are not women (laughs) is yeah what we're getting at yeah right and you don't and you don't have sex with you rape when when there we go when you can't consent what because if either age or power structure or inebriation or yeah statutory rape i think is what they (laughs) use in that case when it's underage but the the child says that they consented it's like statutory right like when they claim that they were okay with it with the adult there's it's state by state still rape though in some states if you're within four years of each other it's different but you know epstein was 58 or however old he was when he was doing this stuff so it's man so many opportunities as a grown man to evolve and get better so many years and nothing. Nope. That's crazy. Nope. Once you do that first thing, though, you're already, I mean, like, at that point, if you got caught for it, you'd be going to jail for a long amount of time. I get it. The stakes are high, but that's still got a lot of, if you're not, a, a, if you're a sane person, that's got to be some kind of, like, emotional toil. He had to be so, like, sociopathic, right? Like, to mm-hmm. turn that off and say, I won't even turn myself in. I'm so deep. It's like, and he yeah. enjoyed all of this, obviously. So it's just, yeah, I can't, I can't relate to that. Yeah. yeah. It's or it's some, there's just something in your head that never switched, uh, you know, that, yeah. that they might have all just been working under the impression in their own minds that nothing that they were doing was wrong. Wow, that's crazy, uh, but I, believable. Which yeah. goes towards intent, which is weird. That's right. all that that whole right. idea of intent in the law always for, creeped me out because mm-hmm. it's like if you if you're a sociopath and you have no remorse, you can't have remorse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's <laughs> like so you can't have intent. Nazi shit, you know, like actual mm-hmm. Nazi shit. You can have in intent 40s. to commit a crime without believing it should be a crime, right? I think that would still count. Yeah, yeah. I, I suppose, unless you really honestly think that what you're doing isn't a crime. You know? Then that wouldn't count as intent <clears throat> if you don't think it's a crime, but it is a crime. That is so Well, tricky. that doesn't hold up in court because no, you still get doesn't. sentenced. But yeah, right, but right. in terms of like, I don't know, maybe yeah. how the jury feels about you or something. That's probably where that would, yeah, lie. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Though. Yeah. Yeah. And like if any of these uh, women, now, you know, who were then girls, victims uh, are being, you know, under, you know, sued under civil suit or, you know, prosecuted under cr- in criminal court, the jury would see that because, you know, I don't. 
necessarily think that they would have them testify in their own defense because that's a, only fools do that apparently. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you know about what had happened to this girl, then the jury might feel differently about it. Totally. That's why we have juries, right? In those cases where it's a little more you need more brains in the room <laughs> to come together <laughs> on that one. You don't want one person to be like, it's all on me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, and of course, the IG report was released on Comey last Friday, basically saying he was reckless um, with information, but did not break any law. So let's be clear. Yes, we're all mad at Comey for announcing the reopening of the Hillary investigation days before the election, despite it not turning up anything. But we still do not have the IG report that was due out last year on the potential leaks of the Wiener-Hillary emails from the New York FBI field office, which was very pro-Trump, anti-Clinton, as discussed publicly by Joe DeGeneva, Rudy Giuliani, Eric Prince, former FBI a-hole named Kallstrom, among others. There were more. But whether you think Comey is your homie or not, or if you think he's a giant douche, which he is, or both... Um, The fact is he did not leak classified information, no matter what Trump and his minions say. In fact, they seem very quick to call him a leaker, but totally ignore what was in the memos that Trump obstructed justice when he told Comey to let the Flynn thing go. It's like your husband yelling at you for snooping in his phone where you found photos of him fucking your sister. Like eyes on your own paper. Yeah, definitely. Uh, You think Comey's a douchebag? He's kind of a he's kind of a sanctimonious choir boy, as Credico once tweeted as Trump. Yeah, it's so hard from a distance, right? Like McCabe, we know we have a good feel for him, and then we know how he feels about Comey too. But it's hard. It's like uh, I've heard people say that Ellen is a is a diva, and I'm like, but I don't know Ellen, so I wouldn't want to believe that. But also, but- Comey's not Ellen. Anyway, no, he has, he's, got an, he's got an ego. He's and he got wants... certain surface level moments that make him seem like he has an ego. But I wonder, like, he also seems really sensitive from his book. And I'm just like, is that just good writing? You or... can be both. Yeah, probably both. You can be a sensitive Like, douche. I would imagine him hearing us call him a douche and getting really sad. Oh, he'll be okay. <laughs> he will really be okay. You're uh, right. You're right. <laughs> and uh, I just, uh, the, the, I think the, the takeaway here is that you're going to hear that he class- he leaked classified information. He did not. He never did. He never leaked classified information. It's clear in black and white in the IG report. If anyone tries to tell you that, tell them to read the report again. And they will find that they are incorrect. Or say, hey, can you show me? Take a screenshot of where it says in the report that he leaked classified information. I'd love to see it because I missed it. And you're, you're very smart. You know, just say <laughs> it that way. And, and maybe they'll, you'll... You know, no, they'll be still be. Never mind. Don't don't engage. Uh, all right, let's get social. Hashtag. Today's a really cool hashtag. It's called hashtag clear the lists because teachers across the country, everybody's going back to school and they're using this hashtag to post their lists of supplies they need to begin the school year that they would otherwise have to pay with pay uh, pay for their they would have to buy with their own money and so. Uh, and let's face it, teachers have a very limited salary already, uh, but you can help by hopping on social media and GoFundMe and searching for Clear the Lists so we can help our teachers get the supplies they need to teach for the school year to begin here uh, next week. I love that. All right. That's our show for today. Um, thank you again for everyone who came out to San Francisco, sold it out, overflowed the balcony. It was truly, truly amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so humbled by you guys. Mm-hmm. It's it's absolutely incredible what you, <laughs> the gifts that we got um so nice from sharon and i mean we just got so many things Mm -hmm. and uh people were just so supportive of not only us but each other and the whole community it was just really really awesome it was great speaking of teachers too two of my friends from college came out to the show and they're both teachers in oakland so that hashtag is extra cool and well-timed that we just got to see them and meet them and i can imagine that uh well, I know Andy's at, I know one of them's at a charter school. I don't know how funding, I don't know enough. Mm. All I know is all teachers need help. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how they feel about divorce. No matter what. Divorce. Yes. Yeah. And, and like, sol- that's a, 
apolitical, bipartisan, like teacher supporting, union minded, just Who support system. <coughs> that teachers and kids in school. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This is a hashtag that can bring people from across both the aisles together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, San Francisco was fantastic. Lots of great people for me personally and new friends that we met at the meet and greet. Two meet and greets we had this city. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to go back there. We could have done two nights, I think. I know. We could have. Yeah. We could have. Pretty easily. We d- we will go back. And we are coming on the 13th of September. It's 10, 10 days from now yeah. to Seattle. Friday the 13th. Yep, Friday the 13th at the Triple Door. And uh, we are going to be doing a second meet and greet for that as well. So uh, keep your, you know, we'll tell you here. Yeah. You'll, you'll figure it out. And if you're a patron, we'll we'll send you a message on, on Patreon. And if you're not a patron, you want to become a patron, you are automatically become one at just, you start at three bucks and that gives you... You are then a patron for both podcasts, Muller She Wrote and The Daily Beans. You get pre-sale, live tickets, uh, you know, show information and gifts and um, ad-free episodes of Daily Beans, all sorts of great stuff and for both shows for the cost of one um, patron, you know, giving situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, best deal in the business, I think. And Jaleesa, you have a new show coming out, the Jaleesa Johnson Show. Oh, yeah. I'm really stoked about that. It'll just be like an interview style. So like long form. Yeah. Very different from the Rachel Maddow show. I'm just trying to get all these parts of me out. I feel like podcasting is like the new, like you can do anything with it. Kevin Smith has six podcasts. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he still does movies. I'm like, all How right, well, maybe that? I can dabble. But yeah, we'll see which one survives. <laughs> but I'm yes. excited about this one. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. It, it Congratulations. Cool. Yeah. Thank you guys. Congrats on that. Um, any final thoughts? Just excited to see everyone in Seattle. And uh, yeah, thanks for the weed. The guy that got me that, you know who you are. <laughs> and uh, we got other gifts. Oh, I have something for you, oh. AG. We got a Daily Beans uh, set of pencils. Someone make custom Daily Beans pencils. I can yes. after the show. Yeah, yeah. it was like cool. those markers we got. The. Oh, sketch or not? Yeah, it's always sketch, sketch is what it was called. Always yeah, sketch, yeah, yeah. With a white privilege color and black power or something. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. <laughs> but it, it was, was great. great. Yeah, yeah. It goes like redacted. Black, black redaction. Yeah, redaction. Yeah, yeah, I don't know why I thought black power, but cool. That makes yeah. sense. All positive. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, cool. And I have one final thought. Collective outrage works. Social media movements are real. Um, yes, we need to march. We need to vote. We need to register our friends to vote. We need to tell our families about it. We have to do, you know, we have to act. And we have to take action. But it was our raised voices that got Trump, the Trump administration, to change course on that deportation of immigrants receiving life-saving treatments. Social outrage works. Don't let them tell you. Stop tweeting and do something. You are doing something. And don't listen to people who criticize your way of resisting. People who criticize how others get shit done are clearly getting nothing done themselves. So don't listen to the haters. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And take care of the planet. I've been A.G. I've been Jaleesa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is produced by AG, featuring Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn, and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our merchandising manager is Sarah Hirschberg of Valencia. Fact-checking and research by AG, Jaleesa Johnson, and Jordan Coburn, with executive assistance by Amanda Reeder. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com.